0: Hey there, this is Jen Wade, part of the core team here at Springs Church. We just want to say thank you so much for joining us and listening to our podcast. We are praying that it encourages you and it inspires you. And if you'd like to find out more about Springs Church, please visit our website, springschurch.co.uk. Here's today's message. Good afternoon, all. Are you well? You good? Good time of worship. If you're surprised to be in church this afternoon, that's okay. I'm surprised to be preaching this afternoon. we have done that a few times the last few weeks, haven't we? So um, poor old Ben, husband of Jen, uh, was down to preach today. And um, so uh, he's in bed, I presume, with a bit of a bug. Can we just have a round of applause for Jen, please? All right, this week, Jen has had two kids (laughs) with a nasty sickness bug. Nearly got it, but didn't. And then her husband gets it, and then she's on the text this morning going, Pete, what can I do? How can I help? Everyone's dropping like flies. Amazing you are. Amazing. So I can sing if you want I'm there. Well done, mate. Father, God, we just want to say thank you for your wonderful, wonderful presence, for your incredible ongoing kindness, for your mercy, which is deeper than any sea we could imagine. For your grace that is higher than any mountain we could ever climb. In this place this afternoon, in this house of God, we want to say, Jesus, thank you for loving us. Thank you for knowing us. Thank you for desiring us. Thank you for being passionate about us. We love you. We want to know you more. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Thanks, Joe. Now, I know it's a, the it's a first time for a whole bunch of people in church this afternoon, and again, just want to extend a welcome. Um, this week on Wednesday, we finished our latest Alpha course. <laughs> finished our latest Alpha course uh, at Hope Pope House, and it has been absolutely wonderful. Um, God has done wonderful things. Uh, people have come to newfound faith. People have come and, and had faith renewed. Uh, people have been filled with the Holy Spirit and experienced the presence of God. Is that good news, church, or what? Isn't that incredible? So we're very thankful uh, to God for doing that. And uh, do you know, when you step out in faith, God's uh, faithful to step out and meet you in the middle. Did you know that? There's a scripture that says, if you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. That's not a suggestion or a mild maybe. It's a, this is going to happen. Draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. And so this afternoon, I just wonder whether in your hearing, in your listening, not just with your ear hearing, but also with your heart hearing, can you lean in, can you draw near to God this afternoon, is that okay? And, uh, and we'll, we'll enjoy him together. Uh, again, if this is your first time ever in church, um, you are so welcome. And uh, if you remember nothing else from today's service, please remember that you are loved by God so much, it's crazy. Like, he loves you so much. And um, I'll say the same phrase that Jen heard as a teenager the first time she came to church, which is this. God is a father to the fatherless. A father to the fatherless. And um, God is a good father. And I want to I make a bold statement. You put your hands in the life of God, you will not be disappointed. He is a good, good God. Amen? Okay, okay. All right, so today's scripture is going to come up on the screen. Today's message is called Faith, Look at Me. Faith. Faith. It's about looking towards God, looking towards him, looking towards what he might want to do. Let's get the scripture up. This is from Acts chapter 3, verses 1 to 10. You'll be glad to know it's not a whole chapter like I've been reading recently. Uh, So just 10 verses. Here we go. So it says one day. Everyone say one one day. It's just one day like every other day. Anybody else having a one day? One day. God could do something in our lives too. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Oh, we're close, 4.30. Now, a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful. The gate was called the Beautiful Gate. And this was where this uh, man was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. And when this man saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. I wonder why they were looking straight at him. Like, maybe they looked like they had loads of money that day, and they were like, mate, you don't look like you've got loads of money. No, neither do you. Is he asking you? No, he's asking you, mate. No. Asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. And then Peter said, look at us. Look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. And then Peter said, silver or gold I haven't got, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. And then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping. I think you'd be doing that, wouldn't you? And he started to praise God. And when all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what God had done for him, what had happened to him. Is this a fantastic episode? Everyone say one day. One day day you can be going about your business as is your custom. But God might just highlight a someone to you to bring the power and the presence of God into their life. One day. Does anyone want one of those one days? I want loads of those one days. You see, in this scripture, as I'm reading through, I see three sets of characters that come on the screen. Three sets of characters. There's, there's the beggar, first and foremost. There's the crowd, and then there's Peter and John. There's the beggar, there's the crowd, and there's Peter and John. Let's just... Focus on the beggar right now. This beggar, he was crippled. All he had known from birth was not being able to walk. That's what we know about this man. This is the adjective describing him. He was a beggar. He wasn't just crippled, but he was dependent on the scraps and the change of others. What we know about him is every day he's laid at this gate called the beautiful gate. Do you know, there was another gate at the opposite end of the city called the Dung Gate. No one wants to be laid there. No, no, no. He's laid at the gate called Beautiful every day. We don't know who helped him there, but somebody helped him there every single day. We don't quite know what this man's situation was. We don't know if he was being trafficked. We don't know if 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 some criminal was getting him up and placing him there every day, and then whatever he begged, he had to pay back to the... To, to, to some gangster type. We don't know. We don't know if he had a friend or a family member that, that took him every single day to the gate beautiful, but I'm pretty sure a loving family member wouldn't take their relative to beg. I, I don't know. We don't know, but what we do know is he was crippled. He was a beggar, and he was laid at the gate every day. Now the scriptures tell us that the people recognized this man. Once he got into the temple, they recognized this man. What does that tell us about this man? It tells us that this man, this beggar, this poor guy was an institution in that local community. Do you hear what I'm saying? He was a known figure. People knew his face. He wasn't uncommon to them. They knew him. They maybe even had given money to him regularly, maybe bought him food this man was a regular figure in the community. In Gornal, there are institution people in our community. I'm not going to name them, but some of you are smiling and nodding heads. We know those people. We have people in our streets and in our communities who are a local institution. Gornal just would not be the same without them. Sedgley would not be the same without them. Wherever you've come from, would not be the same without those people you know in your communities. This crippled beggar He'd been in this way for years and years and years. Are you understanding the scene here? He sees Peter and John coming, and he wants to ask them for money. But on this particular account, now this guy's begged a thousand times, received so many coins off so many people, but for whatever reason, he could not look Peter and John in the eye. I don't know what this guy's story was, but in this moment, he couldn't look up. The second category of people are the crowd. second category is the crowd. All the people knew him. They'd seen him day after day. This man and his sickness was a daily event. Most people would have walked past him every single day. Certainly when they went up to the temple, they'd have gone past the beautiful gate and here was this not very uh, beautiful man making the beautiful gate not as beautiful as it ought to be. You see, here's the problem with people. We don't see the beauty... But God sees beauty in each one of us. Is that true? Most people would have walked past him. In our world today, we may well be the crowd. We may well be the people who walk past people in need day after day after day. And yet, like the crowd there in Jerusalem that day, we walk on by. We don't want to be that, do we? We are the crowd inundated with information and news and politics and self-promotion. There are so many issues in our world and in our town. Have you noticed that we start to become desensitized to hurt and to pain? Do you remember there was a war going on called the war in Ukraine? Anyone remember that? Have you noticed how it's not top of the news websites anymore? Have you noticed that? And yet people are still living and dying trying to fight for their freedom. We get desensitized, don't we? Me and Naomi popped into Asda in Sedgley the other week. Maybe you've done the same recently. And there's an 18-year-old girl there. I won't say her name. There's an 18-year-old girl there. She's from Romania. She speaks pretty good English, and she's she's selling the big issue every single day. She tells me that Every copy is £3, and for every £3 she makes, she has to give one pound fifty back to the people that give her the, and she's got to sell so many magazines to pay her rent, and she tells us her story, and it's breaking my and Naomi's heart, and do you know what? Let me tell you exactly what happened. I'm walking into um, Asda, and I go to get a trolley. It was going to be a rather large shop, and I realised that I hadn't got a quid to put in the trolley to free the chain to do my shopping. I was like, oh, no. And I turn around and there's this girl, the girl, the big issue seller. She goes, Here you go, sir. And she hands me a pound. And she says, she says Have this, just give it me back when you come out. And here I, like, I was about to walk past you. Goodness me. So I do my shopping, I say, What can I get for you? She's pregnant, this girl. She says, I just want some powdered milk. I'm pregnant, my baby's coming in five months, and I don't know if I'm going to have enough milk when my baby comes. And so, could you buy me some powdered milk? bought some powdered milk. We did our shopping, gave her the powdered milk. We talked to her, we learn about her story, and we make phone calls and wonder how we can help this girl. Why am I telling you that story? I'm telling you that story because in our every single day is a one day that we could stop and notice and hold a conversation with a loved, lost child of God. Are you with me today? So there's Peter and John in amongst the crowd. Because we're so accustomed to living alongside the issues, sometimes we barely notice them. We're often desensitized by overexposure. And that's not our fault, but it is a symptom of the society we've become. Often our hearts are hardened to the facts that we're bombarded by. Suffering often often is no longer a, a face and a name. Suffering is often often a statistic, isn't it? But Church of Jesus Christ... Not church of anything else, church of Jesus Christ. We're not called as Christians to be one of the crowd, amen? We're not called to be one of the crowd. Jesus said, I am the light of the world, and anyone who follows me, you are the, hello, light of the world. You're the light of the world. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2, you'll know this verse if you've been kicking around church for a while. Timelessly true. The Apostle Paul says, come on now, guys, don't you go conforming to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, and then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Church, don't conform to the pattern of this world. Let's say it again, don't conform to the pattern of this world. We don't want to conform. Do you remember a few weeks ago, we were talking about the fact that it's it's actually quite revolutionary to be a Christian, because we're not conforming, we're breaking the mold. Jesus calls us to break the mold, to not just be one of the crowd. We're not called to be one of the crowd. We're not called to be conformed. We are called to be transformed into the likeness of Jesus. What do you know about Jesus? Throw some things out. What do you know about him? What was he like? Come on there, church. What was he like? He's loving. What else is he? He's humble. What else is he? He's full of grace. He's full of mercy, he's passionate, he's full of justice. He would walk up to the abandoned ones, the ones that were rejected by society. That's the kind of life we're called to. That's an exciting call. It's a bit dangerous as well, isn't it? So there was the beggar, there was the crowd, and then there was Peter and John. I wish John was here today, he was on holiday, but we could have done a whole like, a little acting scenario. And yeah, it would have been great. Anyway. Then there was Peter and John. These were men, as you'll remember, that had walked with Jesus, rubbed shoulders with Jesus. Someone once said, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Have you ever heard that? Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Well, these guys had knocked around with Jesus for three years and then been filled with his Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. Show me their friend Jesus, we can show you the future of Peter and John, all right. Peter and John, committing their lives to live in, following Jesus. Having been filled with the Holy Spirit in the previous chapter, they carried on their regular routine. Going to the temple was their regular routine. What's your regular routine? Is it going to school? Did anyone go to school? Not for six weeks. Oi, oi. Uh, university, college, work, whatever your regular routine is. Peter and John were just about their regular routine. That's all they were doing. They were simply going about their Christian lives being diligent In what they knew at the time. Did you notice that they were going to the place of prayer? They were going to the temple. They were on their way to a prayer meeting. Can I encourage you if we've ever got a prayer meeting on, and on your way to a prayer meeting, the Holy Spirit arrests your heart and leads you in a different direction to help someone, please don't come to the prayer meeting because it might just be your one day for God to do something powerful in that person's life. They were simply going to their prayer meeting. It's amazing how hard people often seek the will of God for their lives. But when we live our lives committed to Jesus, when we commit to what is our routine of our faith, when we commit to the pilgrimage called coming to church on a Sunday to meet with God and to meet with his family, it might just be that the calling of God is spoken to you in your routine following of Jesus. So if you're asking, Lord, what is the will for my life? What is your will for my life? I want to encourage you. Follow Jesus, you'll end up in the will of God for your life. Simple as that. (laughs) Whilst many were looking away, pretending they hadn't seen this beggar, not having to give him any change, or have him interrupt their convenient life, Peter and John instead fixed their eyes. I reckon these guys were men of compassion. The word compassion in the Greek means to feel it in the guts. Did you know that? So when you read the word compassion in the New Testament, like Jesus had compassion and so he healed them, it means that Jesus felt their pain in his deepest gut. It made his stomach turn that people would be suffering. This is a whole other level of compassion, is it, church? They fixed their eyes on the lame beggar. They fixed their eyes on his situation. And from that point on, they were unwilling to carry on until the power of God had entered that situation. That day, for Peter and John, that man was not a statistic. That man was going to be known by name. And that man was going to experience the personal presence of God. That man was not going to simply be labeled a charity case as far as Peter and John were concerned. Every single man, woman and child on planet earth is loved by God so deeply we cannot begin to understand. We are so blessed to already know him. Church, do you know we live in the top 1% wealthiest people on planet Earth? If you're in the room today, you're that statistic. Most of the world is not in the kind of wealth that we experience as a nation. We've got such a wonderful work to do in our world. Compassionate, Jesus-filled hearts saw the individual, the life, the story, but also the injustice that this man and his illness was. Acts 3, verse 16, I think coming on the screen. Peter's explaining how this has all happened. He says, look, the only way this man got healed, the only way I could pull him to his feet was this. It was by faith in the name of Jesus. Anyone want to say his name? Jesus. It was only by faith in the name of Jesus. This man whom you see and know know was made strong. It is in Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him That has completely healed him. As you can all well, see, he's over there running around and jumping in the temple. So good. Faith in Jesus broke through the lameness of his situation and brought him literally to his feet. Faith in Jesus removed the label that he'd had since birth. No longer could anyone call him blind beggar. uh, Sorry, um, uh, lame beggar. Faith in Jesus saw a future of freedom redeemed from a past of paralysis. Faith in Jesus did not seek to treat the symptoms. Faith in Jesus is the cure. Did you hear what I said then? Faith in Jesus is not a symptom treater. It's not a paracetamol for our hearts. Faith in Jesus is not a plaster for a cut on our arm. Faith in Jesus is the cure for the human heart. No wonder this gate happened to be called the gate beautiful. Because Jesus, if you remember, he actually says that I am the gate. Do you remember? I am the gate. When we meet with Jesus, there's always something beautiful about to happen. Folks from Alpha, is that true? Springs Church, is that true? Visitors, friends, is that true? When Jesus gets involved, something beautiful happens. Faith in Jesus didn't stop. Peter and John thinking, gosh, what if this doesn't happen? We're going to make a right muppet of ourselves. I haven't got money, but I have got, I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. (sighs) Tumbleweed. It was a possible thing that could have happened, no. Faith in Jesus doesn't stop you thinking, what if it doesn't work? Faith in Jesus compels us forward to the, what if it does work? So when we're praying for Pastor John Price, we're not doing it to feel lovely about ourselves. We're praying because we actually reckon God can heal this man. Yeah? When we're praying in our life groups, praying in our communities, praying for our neighbors, we're not just kind of like filling the air with cotton wool ideas. We f- we're in faith, we're calling out to Jesus because we happen to believe that he can heal, that he can redeem, that he can bind up broken hearts. Wow. Just at this point, I'm just going to ask um, Danny Ilky to come and uh, join me. Um, there was a bunch of us in Dan's life group and in the worship team this week. We were really blessed by Dan because um, Dan uh, sent us a message and he was about to step out in faith and do something. And and uh, number one, I love Dan. Anyone else love Dan? What I love more than Dan's personality is Dan's faith in Jesus. That's what I love most about him. And um, since we were little kids, we said we'd do this for the Lord one day, didn't we? And, um, and so, Dan, will you tell us the story of... Um, what happened to you this week? Was it Tuesday? Monday, Tuesday. Monday. It was. Oh. <laughs> see what he did.
1: Yeah. Very good. Um, yeah. So, to, to be honest, mate, I'll, I'll generally call him unless I look back on the <laughs> thing. Uh, see, so yeah, it was <laughs> it was one day, a normal day. Uh, I was going to work and um, and to be honest, I was in a good mood. Um, I couldn't find the house because it was in the sticks. My sat nav was going everywhere. So I woke her in in the right frame of mind. Uh, got to the job. Knocked on the door, walked in, and uh, the lady asked me if I could just uh, wait a bit because her husband was in the it was in the toilet, uh, he and and then said he had cancer. Um, I said <coughs> I think nothing of it really. I just walked back out and was like, oh yeah, no problem. Uh, come back in, and uh, he had to rush back in there again, and then she. She started explaining a bit more about his cancer and it was due to when he was working in Australia um, and it was all asbestos. thing. He'd just done so much to his his body and it he, he ended up giving him cancer. Uh, so obviously, I, I, I most of you will know this, but I, my sister obviously had cancer three times so I've been through the pain that it causes for family and stuff like that. So like, I was just talking to him and Never brought up my faith, just talking, like, just just saying about, you know, I've been through this, I I know how it feels, it's it's not very nice and stuff like this, but, and talking to the man and just asking, like, you know, how he is and all that stuff. So, anyway, I just carried on with my job, um, and in my head, I just thought to myself, I should pray for this bloke. And then, literally, seconds later, I heard something say, you'll pray with the bloke. And when you hear, so and I, it's a voice. It's an audible voice in my head, but it's like a feeling and and and, and, a, and a thought that that you know that I, I don't, I don't push myself to to do this. Like it, it, I have to be told. So and then I thought, all right, then. So that's when I got, a st- and that's when the nerve kicked in, and I started getting a bit nervous. And uh, so that's when I went and text the worship team and the um, life group because. I know I've got some proper prayer warriors in both of those groups. So, and to be honest, I was pr- I was asking him to pray for me because I was just I was just nervous because it a little thing I was gonna ask him to pray for. I don't know whether the bloke had faith. I don't know whether his wife had faith. I just it's just something that come out of me. I've got to pray with this man. Um, so I asked I asked him if I could, and. Uh, and uh, he agreed. And I was like, well, phew, that's that's that over then. But obviously I was still doing my job. So I don't think they would have liked it if I'd have done a bad job. So I went and finished my job. And, um, and then I went back and prayed for him. I'll be honest, I, I, can't, I can't remember exactly what I prayed. But it was like, you know, for peace, for healing. And, and just, for, just for the well-being of the family. And after that prayer... I uh, I asked them, I said you know, how do you feel? And they just said that he said, he said, I feel completely at peace. And his wife turned around and was crying and said, So do I And what I would I like to be standing here and saying, Oh you got completely ill, he was turned and of course I would. But I feel God, got god God, god he doesn't always stop everything, but he'll be with you. And he'll give you that peace to walk through it and, and to fight them battles. So I hope that blesses you anyway. So, yeah, thank you. So
0: good. I think it was Wednesday or Thursday, actually. It was what, it was <laughs> So on Tuesday this week, uh, a friend of mine, a guy called Stacy Simpson, some of you guys will know him, lovely, lovely bloke, works for Briley Hill Project. And uh, there's a guy he's been working with, he lives on Duke Street in Gornal, literally around the corner from actually where th- the street Dan grew up on, actually. And, um, and Stacy called me and said, Pete, would you come and meet this guy? He's, he's, got, a, he's got a bag of issues. Sweet, sweet, lovely bloke. Um, but um, really uh, could really do with community, could really do with friendship. I said, yeah, I'll come and meet him with you. So on Tuesday at 11 15, me and Stace went to see him in his flat, and uh, we get there, and this guy is a lovely bloke, and uh, but has got a lot of a lot a lot of things going on. He really needs the power of God in his life, you know what I mean? And so we sat with him and we chatted with him, and we were we were company with him for 45 minutes, and he was just over the moon at having some company. He doesn't see anyone, you see, and uh, he kept asking questions about Jesus, about faith, about God, about healing, about God's power can he really help me all this kind of stuff and we were encouraging him and just sharing some stories and and all the rest of it I had to leave a little bit earlier than Stacey because I had to go down to L.O. to do some chaplaincy and then uh, about half an hour later I had this text message if I can find it I can't find it is it there there it is this was twelve thirty-five on Tuesday Pete thanks so much for today name, was asking what he needed to do to be a Christian. We talked it through and he was absolutely adamant that he wanted to be a Christian. And He gave his life into God's hands. He just gave his life to Jesus, mate. Isn't that incredible? Isn't that incredible? This week, this week, it doesn't matter whether you're a pastor or a plasterer and anything in between, could you ask the Spirit of God, to open your eyes, to be light into dark places, to bring the peace of God into restless situations. Could you do that this week, church? You know there's nothing special about us, but when, when we know that we, we have the presence of God in us, and when we're willing to step out and simply pray, a dying man can have peace. A man in need can receive salvation. So I just want to ask you today. Do you identify with a lame beggar? Do you feel weak spiritually today? The beggar's situation was such that he couldn't look on those he was asking help for. He couldn't look him in the eye. In church, there are times when we don't even have the words to say, and we feel like we can't even look God in the eye or even our friends in the eye. We just know we're feeling weak, and we need God to bring us to our feet. Can I ask a few questions? Is your health is your health making a beggar of you today? Is your job situation making a beggar of you today? Is your history making a beggar of you today? Is your sin making a beggar of you today? Sometimes all we need to do is lift our heads. And when the voice of God says, look at me, we look up at him and let him do what only he can do. I believe that if you're in church today, it's because the Lord wants to say to you, Jesus would want to say to you, lift up your head, kid, chin up. Look at me. Look at me. In this meeting right now, he's reaching out to us. And he has the power to pull us out of whatever darkness we face. No matter how difficult the pain, no matter what the strife is. In the Old Testament, King David, he said this in the book of Psalms. It's coming up on the screen, I think. There it is. David said, I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not sleep. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun, that won't harm you by day. And the moon, not going to harm you by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and your going both now and forevermore. Amen? Is that good news? So whatever you've come into church with today... Your God never sleeps. He never sleeps. He's always watching. He's always scheming. He's always plotting behind the scenes of how can he bless you? How can he bless you? And I want to encourage you with a phrase today. God cannot bless what he cannot bless. But he can bless what he can bless. If you are living in a way that is dishonorable to God today, he cannot bless what he cannot bless. If you're living with some kind of sin sickness today, if you're living with some kind of immoral way of life, God cannot bless those situations. But when you turn into God in repentance and say, God, forgive me of my sin, guess what? He can bless that heart. He can bless that soul. Nehemiah verse eight, uh, sorry, chapter 8 verse 10, it says this, This day is holy to our Lord. Don't you get grieving? For the joy of the Lord is our strength you're feeling weak today, it's the joy of God that brings strength to our bodies and brings strength to our bones. So as he reaches out to you in this message today, can I encourage you to reach out to him, the Son of God, so that he can restore you. Perhaps you identify with the crowd today. Are you the one who doesn't even notice the needs of the hurting and broken around you? Well, as we launch into this next week, perhaps you can say in prayer right now, Lord, I don't want to be one of the crowd I want you to touch my eyes so that I can see the beautiful people that you see. I want you to help me uh, be bold and be courageous to step out in faith. Maybe I'll get to pray with someone this week. Maybe I'll get to be a support with someone this week. Perhaps you identify with Peter and John right now. Perhaps you're stirred in your spirit like John, uh, like uh, Danny was uh, in the week, whatever day it was. Perhaps you're saying, right, you know, what? I am full of faith and I am ready, God. Show me who you want me to bless because of you, in Jesus' name. I don't know whether you've come in identifying as a lame beggar, or as one in a crowd, or as a faith-filled Peter and John type, but I want to encourage you today that God has so much more for your, your street, your community, your family, because of how he wants to work through you. Is that good news today? Yeah. So come on. Ben, would you come back to the stage? And uh, we'll sing together, we'll respond but maybe just in the quietness of your own heart. Perhaps, perhaps you're in church today and you've, you've heard these words, you've heard this compassion that God has for people, this power that God has to make things well. And you've realized, I've never given my life to Jesus. I've never given my life to God. and I want to know his power and his protection and his mercy and his grace in my life. I'm just going to pray a prayer for us. We'll pray out loud together. And if you pray in your heart for the first time, come and tell me about it later. Let's pray together. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for your love, your compassion, your grace, your mercy. Most of all, your sacrifice on the cross, Jesus. I ask you to forgive me of my sin. I ask your Holy Spirit and all of you and all your blessings So come into my life today, Jesus. I want to be your child. Lead me for this day on. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Bless you, church. Thanks again for listening. To hear more of our messages, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and our podcast channel for past preachers. If you feel like you got something out of today's message, why not share it with your friends and spread the good news of Jesus? We are praying for you. We love you. So please, if you need anything at all, check out springschurch.co.uk.
1: God bless.